This is the I Read Star Wars comic books special. I'm your host, Kara Shamborski, here with Brian Murray, co-host. Hello. And How's it going? Well, you know, everything is Star Wars because we have we are living in the time of The Mandalorian and a new Star Wars movie and all these Star Wars comics. And today we are going to focus on one comic in particular, Best Boy Kanan, <laughs> which should be its full title, really. Yeah, yeah, just sweet, sweet dummy Kanan Jarrus. <laughs> uh, so for those of you listening who are not familiar with Kanan as a character, I say to you, please go watch Star Wars Rebels, which is now streaming in its entirety on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> the thing which is consuming my life and the life of many other millennials at this moment in time. It's true. I've watched like seven episodes of Kim Possible this week. I watched Sweet Life of Zack and Cody because I could. Uh, the Aristocats because I could. <laughs> I don't think the novelty no. will wear off for a while. It'll It'll take me through to like well into the new year of me just being like so on disney plus last night i saw this thing (laughs) (laughs) um right so rebels so 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 we are introduced to this character kanan jarrus on rebels and kanan is not quite a jedi and we find out jedi ish yeah we find out slowly over the course of the show full spoilers for star wars rebels uh the Kanan comics and the Star Wars novel, A New Dawn, by the way, for everyone listening at home, because actually all of these things, um, A New Dawn and Rebels are referenced in the Kanan comic to the point where I'm not quite sure if you're reading the comic as someone unfamiliar with these other properties, if you're going to get the full nuance of what's going on. Brian, would you agree? Yeah, I don't think you're not going to fully understand like who the side characters are and what their relationships to Kanan are, but I do think that there is still an enjoyable story. So don't feel like you have to watch all seasons of Rebels in order to read the comic. You're much kinder than I am. I'm like, but how will you know that that he's sort of training this other kid as maybe a Padawan? <laughs> um, so and the the are they dating or not of Kanan and Hera? Ah, okay. So um, then, super super short uh, primer on Kanan Jarrus. Kanan Jarrus, we slowly learn, was a Jedi Padawan, but was not did not complete his Jedi training. And so this comic looks at why that didn't happen. Which I will sum it up for you right now. Order sixty six. <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. So uh, so Kanan was a Padawan, and when Order 66 was executed, he escaped. So this comic kind of goes into what happened to him around that time. And I have feelings about this, Brian. <laughs> I, I bet. <laughs> so uh, we start a little bit before Order 66 is executed. We see Kanan's like a super eager Padawan, and he just wants to like get into training and um, master. Do we do we know how to pronounce her name? De- Depa uh, Balaba. I always thought it was yeah, Depa Balaba. Master Depa Balaba, whom we see super briefly in the seated at the Jedi Council in I think Star Wars Episode One. She's the one with like the dots on her face. And real blink and you'll miss it. So uh, <laughs> as a as a child watching this movie and desperate for 
female representation in Star Wars, I was very just like, oh, I know her name and her name and her name, and I know nothing else about them. So for me, it's super exciting to read more about her uh, in this comic, specifically the fact that she's somehow the only Jedi that were shown ever having any kind of PTSD from the Clone Wars. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of astonishing. Right? Like, you would think that from all of these Jedi being taught to be at peace and like their life is in the Republic era is pretty much like a constant meditation situation to suddenly be thrust into commanding armies and watching people die around them. Like I'm pretty sure being force sensitive will trigger you a little bit more than not being force sensitive in situations like this. So I'm surprised that Deva Balaba is the only Jedi master we're seeing who has this reaction. Yeah, I mean, she was she was also almost killed by General Grievous. If we're if the the story is presented in a very strange way, chronologically speaking, where the first six issues take place before and kind of after the second six issues. Yeah, because the second six give us the story of how Kanan became. Depa Balaba's Padawan and how they came to be on this planet Kalar, which is where 90% of the action in this book takes place. Yeah. I I didn't find the weird chronology difficult to grasp because I think I kind of viewed it cynically as like, ah, they greenlit six issues and then when people started buying them, they realized they could probably write more and still sell it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're absolutely correct. <laughs> um, but I enjoyed watching the the start of that Padawan-Master relationship and was very sad when, spoilers, she died so that uh, yeah. Kanan could escape. At this point, he was going by his quote-unquote real name of Caleb Doom. and um, Sound, Sounds weird to hear it out loud like that. Yeah, I it just... It bothers me that his fake name is so close to his real name. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, Kanan, Caleb. Like, wouldn't you stumble over that or, like, slip up really easily? Like, make it something completely different, you know? Like, I don't know. Like, does Zero the Hut still need his name? Like, make your name, like, Zero, like, zero not jedi (laughs) like that would be more subtle i think i don't know i'm i'm deeply offended that you have reminded me of zero the hut existing at all (laughs) that purple war crime he just came into my head unbidden i'm like why we can use his name he doesn't need it right (laughs) Uh. oh my god um yeah yeah so uh this this book kind of uh pulled at my heartstrings in that they kind of show like this, the, like we're we gonna call him Caleb, Caleb or Kanan. I feel like Kanan is just easier to have the three. Yeah, line. I'm gonna I'm gonna call him Kanan. All right, so so you see, young Kanan, like immediately before Order sixty six is executed, just having a real chill time with the clone troopers, and they're bonding, and they're all being buddies, and he's found a friend who saved his life, and it's like it's just so sweet, and then you're like. I hate everything because then that order comes through and the clone troopers are like, well, guess we're shooting these people. We were just chilling with a few seconds ago. (sighs) 
Yeah. Yeah, the clone the clones got done dirty and the the two primary clones in this story are uh, commanders Gray and Styles. And they just they make me so sad. Yeah. And it's like, like No, go on. I was just going to say they they were such good friends to, with Depa and Kanan. Now I now I don't know what to call them. Kanan, just go with Kanan. <laughs> Kanan and Depa and these clones were so close and like palling around at the campfire and it wasn't like the, it wasn't just a military structure that they had. They were clearly personal friends. Mm -hmm. And then you kind of see that they have that whole, you know, a good soldier follows orders through line that I think, I think that was the line from Clone Wars where one of the clones gets Order 66 triggered early. And that might be too deep a cut. I don't know if anybody else remembers that. I, I did not remember that, but when they were... Like, we do see some soul-searching on behalf of these clone troopers as this comic book series progressed, of one of them being like, why did we do that? And mm-hmm. um, so that's kind of like... Season six of Clone Wars, which only aired on Netflix, but I think it's on Disney Plus now. Um, Season six of Clone Wars, like, kind of went out of their way to explain why these clones would all of a sudden turn on the Jedi that we've established, like, have had these personal friendships. And uh, basically, it comes down to, like, we genetically programmed them to be, to have to follow this order. Yeah, they have some kind of like biochip or something in their heads. Yeah. Oh, no, we, we can't go down this path because I'm going to feel all kinds of ways about fives and I don't want to go there right now. <laughs> but um, yeah, so kind of seeing that sort of referenced in this comic, I was like, ooh, ooh, this is the deep cut comic. But then again, like if you haven't consumed all this extra Star Wars media, are you really reading the canon comic? I think that's a fair question. Uh, the only reason I think that there, that might have been the case was because I want to say that Kanan was one of the first Marvel Star Wars comics. Yes. I think you're right, because I I remember reading this, um, I think it was in the first one or two seasons of Rebels, because I remember reading this comic and being like, wait, are Hera and Kanan flirting? <laughs> <laughs> I remember that being my reaction while reading this because they hadn't really kind of introduced that in the show. Is this comic before the release of A New Dawn? I don't think so because they reference no. Admiral Sloan, right? Or yeah, Captain Sloan actually, in here? There's a, there's a note on there that says uh, she mentions like what he did to her on Gorse. Okay. And there's a little like uh, editor's note to go check out the book. Okay. So then it would have been like maybe the first one or two seasons of rebels a new dawn and then this comic which kind of makes sense but then maybe i read the comic before or maybe this part of the second part of the comic was released i don't know i'm confusing myself but i i did reread a new dawn uh semi recently and i was just kind of struck the second time reading it by how like i hesitate to use the word gross but like how gross kanan was being about hera in that book yeah he was he was very lascivious yeah maybe yeah the right word yeah because basically like so star wars rebels is a kid's show and that's where you're introduced to these characters and the priority of a kid's show that's 
let's be cynical and honest, is targeted towards young boys is not going to necessarily focus on romantic entanglements. So, but you like look at the characters and you're like, okay, like you're all hanging around. You're like a big family. That's mom. That's dad. And then you're like, oh, but do, but do quote unquote mom and dad actually like each other? And then in A New Dawn, where you see how Hera and Kanan meet, they basically meet because Kanan looks at Hera and is like, okay, she's hot. I'm going to follow her wherever she goes. (laughs) Yeah, it's like it's questionable <laughs> like that like that's literally what happens is he decides that she's attractive and he wants to bang her so he's going to just like hang out with her and then like like i hate to be so crass about it but that's literally what it is he's just constantly thinking about how hot she is <laughs> and, um yeah so so in this comic you see like a little bit of like maybe they're being flirty but um you know, he calls him love on more than one occasion. Yeah, but then I was still like, no, 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 I'm in denial, I'm in denial, until it happens in the show, it's not canon. <laughs> right. And then yeah. I think that next season of Rebels, she called him love, like, over the comm or something. I was like, oh, you are together! I see it! <laughs> but... <laughs> uh, the ghost isn't the only ship taking flight today. <laughs> Oh, man. And then, like, again, full spoilers for Star Wars Rebels, but then at the end of Rebels, in that, like, flash-forward episode, you see that they actually, like, had a kid. And I just have so many questions about the genetic composition of that kid, because I'm like, it's a it's a human kid, but with green hair? Is that how that works with, like, human Twi'lek procreation? <laughs> I'm just... I just have questions. <laughs> like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna need that follow up series. Like Star Wars, you're making you're like giving me concerns. Um, all right, so back to the comic, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so so when we see uh, young Kanan kind of escaping from Order sixty six, and he's basically on the run and has to figure things out. And we basically find out that the Jedi do not prepare Padawans for being separated from the like power structure that is imposed in Republic era Jedi. Yeah, we don't know how long Cannon is on his own, but he's definitely scrounging for food and dumpsters like three pages after Order 66. <laughs> Plus, he basically latches on to the first miscreant who wasn't totally horrible to him. Because he, quote-unquote... Uh, Janus. Yeah. Because he has, quote-unquote, nowhere else to go. And you're just like, man, that's sad. Like, no one gave these kids survival training. So yeah. It's like... So that kind of, in reflection of the Obi-Wan and Anakin series that we read earlier, like, Obi-Wan has is, like, totally cool with the idea that Anakin's on his own and being captured because he's like yeah he's fine so it's like then is it up to the Jedi masters individually to teach these Padawan survival skills and Depa Balaba just never got around to that with Kanan or like this feels like a major failing on the part of the Jedi Order to not prep kids for being separated from their adult guardians yeah definitely I mean it it seems like the kind of thing that would come up more than once so you'd, you'd assume they'd have a plan for it Right, but instead Kanan's just like, you kind of helped me. Can I come off world with you and your ship? (laughs) And Janus is just like, what are you doing? (laughs) Yeah, I I had the mental image of like 
Kanan hanging off of Janus's arm while Janus like swings it around <laughs> trying to get rid of him. That's that's basically what happens to this book. But like emotionally. <laughs> and then of course Kanan winds up becoming Janus's uh sidekick slash ward. Uh slash bait. <laughs> the Robin to his Batman. Yeah. They uh at one point he uses the fact that Kanan is a Jedi to turn him over only so that he can like finish the job and then later come back and break Kanan out. It's just like, all right, man, as long as that's working. But again, did you give this kid any survival knowledge or are you just letting him go? Yeah. Actually, one thing I did want to point out is during that jailbreak scene, uh, Casimir, uh, Janus Casimir is his name. He busts through the wall with a giant droid, and that droid is actually, like, the concept art for IG-88. Really? Yeah, that weird, like, bulbous-headed, stocky droid thing. It's a super deep cut. I did not pick up on that. Yeah, I mean, I did. We've talked about my borderline obsession with the IG droids (laughs) in the last episode. It's serving you so well. I know, I never expected it to really be relevant, but then we had IG-11 in The Mandalorian, and now this. Like, yeah, here you are. It's your time Your am. time to shine. Finally, everything is coming up Millhouse. <laughs> oh my god. Um, so I, I do want to point out, like, on a comic book level, in terms of story storytelling, I, I see your point about the weird... Uh, timelines within the framing devices that they're using to tell this story. But I do want to point out that I think the action sequences in this book are very clearly rendered. Yeah. Like Star Wars books, uh, for better or for worse, do try to capture the galactic scope of the, the conflicts that are happening, whether it's a space battle or a lightsaber battle or like a full some on kind of star war, some kind of like a, a star war. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, in, in comics, it can get confusing to render uh, so much action clearly on a page. But I feel like this comic is one of the better examples of clearly laid out action sequences in star Wars comics. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Like, at no point was I confused about what was happening, whereas there have been some other books where I'm just like, wait, what just happened? Who just got shot? What? I I, yeah. I was just listening to our TIE Fighter episode in the car earlier today. Yeah. So. Yep. For example, TIE Fighter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I listen to my own podcasts. Don't, uh, <laughs> Brian, don't you judge nerd. me. <laughs> Oh man, um, I had, I had another like Jedi question. Um, not not so much just the do they teach these kids how to survive if they're separated from their designated grown up, but also, uh, you know, there's a lot of kind of Jedi questioning their place in the universe, but I I feel like the Jedi way is so it's like such a way of life and they know their purpose and their mission. Like would would like, what's my place in the universe be a question that they're constantly asking themselves. Like, I, I, I don't know. I feel like this is a very clear, like you have force sensitivity and therefore you are a Jedi and that's your niche. 
Yeah, I kind of get the feeling that Depa Balaba and by extension Kanan aren't very good Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, like Depa was on the on the council, so obviously she was she was well respected, but she did not have the same rock solid relationship with the the Jedi Order specifically that a lot of the other masters have. Mace Window. And, <clears throat> uh, exactly. <laughs> And Kanan, we also see, is much more likely to question things than he is to just kind of roll with it. There's one really cute scene where he's talking to the Jedi archivist, and she just finished explaining something. He's like, yeah, but why? Like, I, I get that it's done that way. I'm not questioning that it's done that way, but how come it's done that way? <laughs> like, So a Jedi on a more questioning line. Yeah. Yeah, not quite an agnostic Jedi, but close. It kind of reminded me of, uh, was it in Force Awakens or The Last Jedi where Rey is like, I just want someone to tell me what my place is in all of this. Like, I don't remember. I think that's The Last Jedi, but I, I could be wrong. And it's like, I get it on... I, I get that question coming from her because she's been bombarded with a lot of information in a very short period of time after having lived her entire life with the same daily routine on Jakku. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. I guess I'm assuming that all Jedi had like kind of bought the party line. But I'm realizing now as I'm talking about it that I'm so I'm I'm also listening to the audiobook uh Dooku Jedi Lost and basically the entire like underlying current of that book is people kind of questioning why they're doing the things that they're doing. So I guess I shouldn't be so surprised, but I just felt like while reading this book that the Republic era Jedi are presented to us so firmly as being like really certain of what they're doing and really like entrenched yeah. in their ways. And that's part of what causes their downfall that it was kind of surprising to see some questioning happening internally at that moment in time. Yeah. The Jedi order is presented as being very monolithic and what we're seeing here are Jedi who don't quite align with that, but not to the extent of, you know, our, our favorite rebellious family of the, the Dooku, Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan, Anakin line. My favorite line of trashy Jedi rebels. <laughs> uh, if there was ever a Jedi in a leather jacket. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> It's better because Ewan McGregor probably has several leather jackets as he's a motorcycle aficionado. Yeah. <laughs> but Obi-Wan kept throwing his leather jackets out of the ground, so they had to make him stop wearing them. <laughs> Just take the robes. The robes are cheaper to clean. Maybe that's what's going to happen in the Obi-Wan series that got greenlit. Maybe he's just going to be like riding around Tatooine on the Star Wars version of a motorcycle. <laughs> yeah i would watch that some, i would, I would watch that cantina band cover of bad to the bone playing <laughs> oh man you and mcgregor if you're listening we approve this plan <laughs> oh man so I, I i was very glad that we did get to see a little bit of race loan at the end because Ray Sloan is one of my favorite through lines from the Star Wars books. She, she shows place. up in a lot, right? 
Yeah. Because she's, she's in... a she's a big figure in the aftermath trilogy. That's where I remembered her from. It's been so long since I've read those. Okay, so wait. So then her chron- chronology is we would first see her in what? A New Dawn. And a then New in, Dawn. And then in this. And then she's an yep. admiral by the time we get up to Aftermath. Yeah, yeah. So I think like we see her trajectory from captain all the way through vice admiral. And then I think she like has taken the title Grand Admiral by the end of the aftermath series mm-hmm. i could be wrong because it has also been years since i read those but yep yep there's i mean you know there was a lot going on post return of the jet the jedi mm-hmm. <laughs> we can't be expected to remember all of it <laughs> i just i think that she as a character is rad as hell and i love her relationship to kanan like she in the comic refers to him as her hobby. <laughs> like he made her so mad when they first met that she spends her downtime hunting his ass across the galaxy. Do we need to get her a new hobby? Is she okay? Uh, well, I mean, after the end of Rebels, we certainly do. Ah, I set myself up for that Sorry. one, didn't I? Too too soon <laughs> too for that. Too soon. Oh man. Uh. Oh, so, you know, we, what did you think in this comic of, again, like the weird framing device aside, but the, the quote unquote contemporary contemporary storyline of the Rebels crew returning to Collar and us kind of seeing them interact a little bit? I liked it. I mean, anytime that I can see more of my, my favorite space family, I'm, I'm thrilled to do so. I'm such a good space um, family. I love that we got a little bit of like anytime Chopper beeps something, somebody else is like, hey, <laughs> stop being mean. <laughs> I, I, just, I, don't, I love that that Chopper is just like a total asshole robot. <laughs> um, I really liked a lot of the, the panel work they did in the second arc. So issues like seven through 12 or whatever it turned out to be, mm-hmm. um, where there's a point, a period in time where Caleb is in a back to tank. And a lot of the time when we go from the quote unquote present into the flashback, we get sort of a, a parallel framing of a shot of Kanan in the back to tank. And then little Kanan back in the past. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really well done. Yeah. Just kept showing you those parallels in his really, really full life. <laughs> yeah also um just like on a dramatic over the top um level i appreciated that when he does in in the the present storyline emerge from the bank back to tank he's they like go out of their way to show these like full or almost full page panels of just him being like almost naked with all his muscles and his lightsaber just like i'm here to fuck shit up and look good and you're like yes you are yeah, yeah. Th- there's, there's a real like. Okay, I see what Hera's into. <laughs> she likes this ponytailed muscle boy, and I don't blame her. <laughs> and he like still had the goatee going on at this point in the comics. So mm, I guess it's just later yeah. he changed up his hairstyle, and you're just like, oh, honey. <laughs> yeah, he he looks like a like a real greasy boy. Yeah, he he does look kind of gross. <laughs> 
Definitely. I definitely went to high school with kids who had the same aesthetic. Uh, not the same abs, though. I was going to say, would they have looked the same emerging from a back to tank in just their shorts? No, much more of like a, like a, like a wet cat, you know? Sure. When you see a cat that's sort of like ragged and pissed. I just, you know, the, there's actually so much uh, attention paid to semi-nude characters and back to tanks in this comic. And they all look like super like attractive and lithe. And it just makes me feel kind of bad for Mark Hamill and Return and Empire Strikes Back in his like floaty diaper situation. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because because Kanan and we see we see Depa Balaba in a back to tank as well. Yep. Uh, because before she takes on Kanan, she's basically recovering from a a six month coma. Yeah, casual. Um, but yeah, like she's got some kind of Jedi like wrap binder thing going on. Kanan just has his little black like tight shorts, and then yeah, poor Luke. It is his giant wet diaper thing. <laughs> Like, I don't think, like, oh, yeah, Luke Skywalker in the back to tank, like, sex symbol. But, <laughs> like, looking at this comic, it's clear that the back to tank is an, is an excuse for them to be like, look, Jedi are sexy, too. Yeah, it, it definitely, like, we never thought of a back to tank as being a place you could be sexy. <laughs> but now that we've seen that potential, we look back on the past with, with fresh eyes. Uh, I promise we did not come into this planning to talk about how sexy Kanan is, uh, <laughs> but, here, but we here we are. It's kind of inevitable. I mean, honestly, because he's one—he's up there with. Um, oh my god, why am I blanking on his name? Um, the other kind of renegade Jedi dude. Um, Quinlan Voss. Oh, Quinlan Voss. Yeah, it's like he and Quinlan Voss are the quote-unquote sexy Jedi who are, like, allowed to have sexual relations with people. So, I guess, like, once they realized they couldn't really do a lot with Quinlan Voss, they were like, Kanan's the sexy Jedi because he never became a Jedi, so he never did the celibacy thing. And, like, they kind of talk... They kind of mention, again, like, getting into more... um, novels and so forth uh dooku's first padawan rail avaros like <laughs> casually mentioned several times that he fucks around because it's fine as long as you don't form attachments yeah so you know we've got quinlan voss the sexy jedi who like i guess that's more of a legends interpretation at this point but like i read dark disciple Mm-hmm. We all know it happens. If you don't, you need to read it. <laughs> and, um, and and stop reading it like 80% of the way through. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Kanan is like, well, he didn't fully become a Jedi, so he's allowed to form attachments. And then Rail Avaros is just like, fucking is fine. Marriage is probably out of the question, though. And you're just like, oh. <laughs> oh, so now we're saying Jedi fuckboys can be a thing? Like, come on. Especially if you've listened to the audiobooks like Kara and I did, because Rail Avaros has the finest, like, deep country accent you've ever heard. It's superb, but it, like, pulls me out of the story a little bit because I'm like, I'm sorry, am I listening to a Western or a Star War? Yeah, where in space Texas is this guy from again? (laughs) 
And then that begs the further question, like, are are the outer rim planets supposed to be like coded trailer park situations? And if so, why is everyone still speaking in like a neutral or British accent? Yeah. Yeah, it's like the good guys have Midwest standard and the bad guys are all British. <laughs> oh, man. I Yeah, this is not where I expected this conversation to go, but yeah. here we are, Jedi fuckboys. We've, we've gone far afield. But. <laughs> so any any final thoughts on the Kanan comic book, Brian? Oh, uh, the one thing that I wanted to mention that I forgot about was that uh, this guy, Janus Casimir, uh, the name Janus comes from a Roman god who was represented by two faces, mm-hmm. and Casimir is kind of two-faced, mm-hmm. and he was also the god of beginnings and transitions. So I just thought that was a cool little, uh, I don't know, symbolism, uh, probably not the right word, but... A nerd wrote this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Or at least a nerd who watched uh, season two of Buffy the Vampire Slayer <laughs> when they all became their costumes. Oh my god. Fantastic. Um I guess my my final thoughts are I I loved Star Wars Rebels so I was just really excited to see additional media being created about these characters. Like you said, base best space family. Um and uh I hope that as we we get further into the exciting new world of Disney Plus being able to churn out lots of additional content that we will get uh a little more about what was happening to our best babies following uh return of the jedi yeah yeah we know that hera is still around so g- give me more i want more hera i want, I want them more, to want find ezra i just want them to find ezra so that kanan didn't die in vain spoilers the, <laughs> the best part though is that if they find ezra they also find thrawn yes let's do this let's and do I really this want disney the, like Thrawn, Ezra, like marooned on a stranded planet for 15 years, like still hating each other but working together. Let's do this, Disney Plus. You have the technology. All right. Thank you all for listening to the I Read Star Wars comic book podcast presented by I Read Comic Books. This show was first aired on the IRCB Patreon at patreon.com slash IRCB podcast. Special thanks to all you wonderful supporters out there. You can send us feedback about this show at ircbpodcast at gmail.com and check out our website, IRCB Podcast, for our Discord, zines, and all things IRCB. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at IRCB Podcast. This show was produced by Brian Murray and Kara Shimborski, edited by Xander Riggs, with Mike Rappin as executive producer. Thank you for listening, and may the Force be with you.